today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. Let's get back to the vaccination program. The big takeaway, I guess, in the headline that uh, I think has got a lot of people excited now, uh, the announcement yesterday that Ontario is anticipating that all people age 18 and over will be eligible to book a COVID-19 immunization through the provincial booking system as early as the May 2-4 weekend. Joining us to talk about this is the Minister of Health and the Deputy Premier for the province of Ontario, Christine Elliott, joins us. Uh, Minister, thank you so much for the time. Good to have you with us again. A pleasure. Thank you, Bill. Let's uh, talk about the announcement yesterday. Uh, uh, good news for everybody, uh, for, for those of us that are still waiting. I'm thankful I got mine on Monday, my shot on Monday. But we're looking uh, right now at a program that, well, we were a little concerned about because of some of the news we've heard about uh, vaccination availability and stuff like that. What, what has happened, Minister, that all you, you feel confident in moving ahead with this and basically moving the program forward in, in such a fashion? Well, this is very good news, and it's largely because we're receiving much larger quantities of vaccines, particularly the Pfizer vaccine, starting as of Monday. So throughout the month of May, we're receiving almost double the uh, levels of, uh, of doses that we had been receiving. So that means that we can expand it. We're going to expand 50%, of course, into our hotspot communities. And I understand there are two in Hamilton, but Hamilton has also identified three more, mm-hmm. that we can really concentrate the vaccines in those areas because we know that 80% of the transmission is happening in 20% of the, uh, the areas of Ontario. So if we can really um, saturate those hotspot areas with vaccines, that will help us um, defeat transmission, help us deal with our um, uh, hot, uh, issues in our hospitals being so crowded. But most importantly, it means that ultimately when we come out of this, uh, we should be able to uh, have everybody who wants to receive a vaccine get one uh, by about the, towards the end of June. And then hopefully that will mean a better summer for all of us. Let's talk about the hotspots, because that was one of the big pivots, I think, that your ministry had to make. Uh, we were doing this demographically, as a lot of other jurisdictions were as well, but when these hotspots were identified, uh, you, had to, you had to make some adjustments here. Basically, instead of saying, come to us for the vaccine, uh, you've had to go out there. Uh, talk to us about how that's working and how effective it is. Well, we did receive advice from our medical experts that in order to reduce transmission, we need to to really concentrate on the hotspot areas. So initially, we decided to uh, divide 25% of the incoming vaccines to to go to those hotspot areas with the rest to be divided among the other 34 public health units based on uh, age and risk. Now it's 50% because we have the extra vaccines, and that is something that um, we aren't going to be taking anything away from any other areas in order to be able to do this, so they will still receive their appropriate doses of vaccines. But, uh, but we are going to be expanding the way in which people can receive them, uh, in addition to the mass vaccination clinics, primary care, pharmacies, we are also going to be doing a number of pop-up clinics in hotspot areas, mobile clinics as well, going to places of work uh, to make sure that we can um, vaccinate the people who otherwise might have difficulty coming into a clinic. So we want to make sure that uh, there are a variety of options so that accessibility isn't going to be a problem for people. 
Are you cons uh, concerned or confident in, in the rollout and the information that's getting out there to make sure that people are aware of this? I mean, it's, it's a pretty extensive program that you've, you're undertaking right now, uh, but obviously it's only going to be as effective as, as the information out there so people can understand this. Uh, we were talking earlier, of course, about the Ryan Reynolds and a bunch of celebrities. Of course, they're, you know, this is my shot, this sort of thing like that. And that was just kind of a cute way to do this. Uh, but there's got to be a, a, an information campaign as, as, as a, a companion to this, doesn't there? Absolutely, yes. I'm, I'm very confident in our vaccination program. As you know, we've already administered over 5 million doses of vaccine, and we should have 40% of the um, Ontario population covered by a, sometime this afternoon. Uh, and that was a, certainly our goal, that we would do that by the end of April. But you're absolutely right. A, a, a wide communication campaign is very important, and we are launching that campaign. It's going to go across many channels, many sorts of media in many different languages as well. That's really important uh, because we want everybody to know about uh, when and how and where they can obtain their vaccine. What's this going to do to the timetable? Uh, you know, we, we talked about the difference and the time frame between vaccines, between the first and second vaccines, Minister. Uh, and, for instance, I, as I say, I got mine on Monday. Uh, my second has already been scheduled. I think it's the second week of August or third week, something like that. Uh, is, is there a chance that that, that that could be shortened now because of the availability of vaccines? Uh, there is a chance of that, yes. Um, we have received um, information from our medical experts that it's really important to um, widely disperse the shot so that everyone can at least have their first mm -hmm. shot as soon as possible because that, of course, will help lower transmission and be better protection for everyone. But because we are receiving larger quantities of vaccines coming in, uh, we may be able to shorten the timeline um, so that it's possible you may be able to receive your second dose before August. But that uh, uh, it depends on the pickup of the first dose of vaccines, and um, we're working very hard to make sure that everybody, anywhere they live in Ontario, who wants a vaccine can get one. The elephant in the room here, of course, is going to be supply chain. And, and I know there have been some blips along the way. Uh, and, and you've had to, uh, once again, pivot to try to do something about that and accommodate. We were talking with the, the president and CEO of the Pharmacists Association uh, earlier this week. And, and I'm, I know you're aware that they're concerned about uh, low supplies of AstraZeneca, uh, suggesting they've only got a few days left. It kind of sounds like Pfizer is going to come to the rescue here and it's going to fill that gap. Uh, are you, are you confident in the announcements we're getting about this increased vaccine? And, uh, because, uh, you know, there are always going to be unforeseen circumstances that are going to come into play here. Yes, you're right. And we have had supply chain problems earlier, once with Pfizer and then with Moderna, with uh, being delayed several times in terms of their arrival. But we have confirmed timelines for the Pfizer vaccines and Moderna vaccines uh, for throughout the month of May. Uh, AstraZeneca, we're not uh, sure yet when we receive the second uh, doses of the next grouping of AstraZeneca. However, uh, we are looking right now at um, having the Pfizer vaccines be delivered through pharmacies. There are some problems with that because of the, uh, the uh, storage requirements. It has to be held at very low temperatures, of course, and it's not to be, uh, shouldn't be moved too much. There's a sort of, they call it the the jiggling factor that can um, render them less uh, effective. However, we're looking at where we can do that easily with Pfizer vaccines in pharmacies. And in other pharmacies, we may move Moderna into those pharmacies uh, that are perhaps further away 
from the distribution centers. So we have uh, plans in place to, to deal with that. They're also looking at um, second doses uh, for people who had the first dose of AstraZeneca, whether it can be another uh, type of vaccine. So we are confident that we will be able to get people the second doses that they need. Minister, where does uh, the Johnson & Johnson vaccine fit into this uh, this game plan? The, it's it's coming on side right now. We're not sure what, just how efficient the, the production is on that, too. But uh, have, have you placed that in, in this, this chain of command that, and this supply chain that you've just talked about and accelerated? We haven't put the J&J vaccine formally into our plan yet because it's still being reviewed um, by uh, NACI, the National Advisory Committee on uh, Immunization, for age usage and so on, and in the same way that AstraZeneca was reviewed. So uh, we're not going to be uh, doing anything with it until we receive the, the recommendations from NACI. But because it's a one-shot vaccine, we are looking at uh, using it to um, uh, help vaccinate people who are um, homeless, for example, uh, people who are incarcerated, people uh, where it might be more difficult to perhaps locate people for a second dose. So it could be used for the um, farm workers, the migrant farm workers that are coming into Canada as well. So there, there are definitely uh, good uses for it, but we have to, we have to wait until NACI tells us the appropriate age ranges and uses. Well, hopefully that's going to be sooner than later as well. Uh, awfully good news for an awful lot of us, though, especially those that are still waiting for that uh, first shot, uh, and uh, to know that that's going to be accelerated right now. And uh, just to reiterate uh, the, the story, uh, as, as of probably the May 2-4 weekend, uh, everybody who's over 18 uh, is going to be eligible to get uh, registered for the vaccination. Uh, Minister, I know how busy you are. I know you're as if I, we didn't even have time to get into the negotiations you're having with the federal government now about border crossings, which I think is a very important part of this, too, and we'd like to see that record and hopefully there will be some news about that in the next couple of days. Thank you so much for the time today, our Minister. Stay well, and I, I hopefully we can talk again soon. Absolutely. Thanks very much, Bill. Take care. That's uh, Health Minister and Deputy Premier Christine Elliott joining us on the Bill Kelly Show here at 900 CHML and uh, 980 CFPL in London with some good news about vaccinations. And uh, go to the website, go to the webpage, and you'll get all the latest information about what's going on. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.